how someone find strength to fight cancer and became a competitive athlete. What's up, guys? It's your brother from Another Mother Coach Camp is one. Before we begin, regardless where you are, please support our mission dengan membantu like and share video ini dengan kawan-kawan you guys because kita nak membantu mengurangkan 1% obesity di dalam Malaysia. Welcome to our 10th episode of Camp is One Podcast di channel kami. Saya berkongsi tentang fakta sains kesihatan dan pada masa sama, invite credible and experienced and successful individual in their respective field. Sempena Breast Cancer Awareness. A special guest of mine will be sharing her journey fighting cancer and pursue her passion in competitive sport. Welcome, Dr. Aisha. Hi. Hi. First thing first, thank you sebab datang. Uh, and it's an honor sebab you are one of many competitive athletes yang memang ada follow dah. <laughs> uh, cuma tak tahu cerita di belakangnya. So today, bukan saja saya nak dengar cerita daripada Aisha, Dr. Aisha. But you can share, please share as much as you want regarding about your challenges and obstacles kepada penonton-penonton kita semua. Okay, kita bermula dengan uh, Dr. Aisyah. Please, berkongsi dengan kami your career journey and also your competitive journey. Okay. Hello everyone. First of all, thank you to Cam Izzwan for You're most welcome. Inv- inviting me to very nice space untuk kita buat podcast hari ini. Okay, nama saya Dr. Aisyah, saya Medical Fitness Consultant di Avenue Specialist Clinic dan juga Competitive Bodybuilding Athlete di mana saya compete dalam kategori Bikini Division. Saya juga survive cancer two times dan sekarang saya juga berlakon sebagai stunt actress. Oh, nice. Yeah, sebab saya pun ada background martial artist. No wonder, I tengok kenapa tiba-tiba <laughs> banyak lompat sini, lompat sana buat skill ni semua kan? Okay, okay. Yes. Okay, back to your questions. Untuk I punya career development, yeah. I sebenarnya daripada uh, awal dulu, memang ada masuk medical school lah. Okay. After uh, studying for quite some time at MRSM. Okay. Lepas tu, saya masuk International Medical University mm. uh, dan 4 tahun di sana. Yeah. Dapat... Okay, cok, nak menyampur kejap. Kenapa choose medical? Okay, the reason saya choose medical Sebenarnya dia something yang sangat silly. Huh? Sangat silly. Because waktu saya umur 12 ke 13 tahun, okay. I first time dapat period. Okay. Sejak, bila saya dapat period, saya cakap uh. kenapa kita mesti dapat period? Uh. So lepas tu saya nak answer. So dia sebenarnya stem from curiosity. Faham. Saya tak puas nanti kalau saya tak dapat jawapan. Faham. Kemudian mak saya sebenarnya adalah uh, dental surgeon. Okay. So dia ada banyak buku. And hmm. saya start buka buku sains. Lepas tu saya suka tengok cerita medical. Dan okay. dia provide some answers to my questions. Yeah. Masa dulu pun saya memang ada tendency towards uh, biology. Okay. Because saya rasa saya perlukan something yang boleh answer a lot of questions okay. about myself. Mm-hmm. So daripada saya kecil tu, saya perasan saya punya character trait high degree of self-awareness. Okay. So saya rasa, okay, let's go and do medical. Actually, it's such a selfish intention. Not macam, okay, of course, you want tolong to help orang, people. Tapi sebelum tolong orang, tolong diri diri, Sendiri, diri yeah. dulu dan faham diri you. Wow. Then you boleh faham orang lain. Betul. Okay, so that's how it started lah. Okay, my assumption adalah, um, maybe you observe your mom as a dentist surgeon. At the same time juga, the minat nak tahu kenapa benda ni berlaku. The curiosity part lah. Ya, yeah, betul. Okay, then... 
you start masuk dalam uh, biologi I mean uh, doktor bukan masa saya dekat uh, dekat asrama uh-huh. dekat uh, MRSM okay. saya memang excel dekat biologi punya biologi tapi chemistry out physics out sebab saya jenis yang kalau saya tak minat saya tak boleh perform okay, tapi bila saya minat hyper focus okay. okay, kemudian Uh, lepas MBBS IMU hmm. Saya ambil uh, Housemanship di Borneo okay. So kita orang ada Compulsory service hmm. So saya spend All my years uh, During housemanship Di Borneo hmm. Dan pada masa yang sama Saya pun Banyak travel hmm. Satu Borneo tu lah Pusing Okay Berapa kali dah pergi Apa uh, Music festival Yang rainforest <laughs> tu Okay Kemudian uh, Dapat uh, Habiskan Housemanship tu Saya pun ke balik ke Semenanjung dan spend my time dekat ortopedik department di Hospital Kajang. Okay. So, masa dekat ortopedik department tu sebenarnya saya nak jadikan sebagai batu luncatan untuk oh. uh, terjun ke bidang uh, perubatan sukan. Okay. Okay. Kemudian apply uh, apply perubatan sukan di UMMC and I spend some time there hmm. dan saya sangat bertuah kerana dapatlah uh, attach myself dekat Institut Sukan Negara okay. di mana my first patient is Olympians. Yeah, so who's that? No, no, I can't say. Okay. So, I really like working with Olympians and I put all my heart and my soul to understand them. Pada masa yang sama, saya selalu mengintai diorang training. Okay. Yeah, and till to this day, diorang pun still like contacting me, asking me questions and it's such a rewarding thing. Kemudian, kerana masalah kesihatan, I take a different path. Okay, so, tu orang tak tahu. The masalah kesihatan. How do you found out? Find out? Macam mana you dapat tahu? Okay, as what we spoke earlier, kan? Raja raja. Pasu macam mana you dapat tahu yang you sakit? Okay, so cerita dia macam ni. Sebagai seorang pelajar perubatan, decision untuk jadi uh, medical student telah menyelamatkan nyawa saya. Kerana pada masa itu, saya memang target ada uh, breast cancer station di kita punya exam station. Okay. So exam station ni dia adalah macam physical examination. Okay. Saya dengar cerita pihak IMU ada beli dummies. Mm-hmm. Di mana dia beli dummies yang breast dan dia akan letak macam-macam lesion mm. dan you sebagai doktor kena able to identify dan uh, explain uh, the character of the lesion. Mm. So on the the night before the exam day mm. I pretend that I have a lesion on my breast. Okay. So and then I pretend to explain the character imagination, uh, imagining that there is a fake lesion, okay. and somewhat I found a true lesion. Okay. At the at the outer quadrant of my left breast, okay. and I'm like, okay, this is not good, mm. and fair enough. I already know the structure. How do I handle when I found a breast lesion? So we. There is a triple assessment. Uh, there's another step that I have to go and investigate the lesion. So with that knowledge, I immediately do not wait very long, and I seek uh, advice from my surgeon. And the investigation happened so fast. Within one week, I found out that I have um, cancer. And just few days before, I was a normal, regular kid, and then the week after. Everything went upside down. At what age that happened? Twenty-one <laughs> years old. Damn. I was diagnosed uh, on my birthday. Wow. 
Macam it's a gift It's a gift of life Orang panggil apa A disguise Yes It's a blessing Blessing and disguise yeah. This universe is telling me something That this is going to be your gift The curse Also The gift Yeah, I, Don't get me wrong Bila saya kata Blessing and disguise Bukan kata bagus Saya dapat cancer Nanti The the interesting part yang akan Dr. Aisyah berkongsi because she shared with me earlier. I was like, mm, this is so amazing because of cancer lah macam-macam benda baik berlaku. Uh, that this is what I meant. Bukan dia dapat cancer bagus. Tak, tak. Tak ada siapa nak kena cancer kan. Okay, teruskan. Okay. Lepas saya dapat uh, cancer yang pertama, hmm. my stop, uh, my life stop, I have to handle new identity. Okay. Uh, benda yang paling heartbreaking adalah masa, masa saya... Seorang pelajar perubatan Saya dah Plan dah life saya mm. Dan pada masa yang sama Bila kita dapat cancer When you put your life on hold mm. And then your identity change right. So itu adalah Satu fasa yang besar dalam hidup Di mana I learn about adaptability okay. I learn about uh, Orang panggil shape shifter mm. We need to be able to Shift your identity And now I have to let go of my past Which is okay Someone who Who are who are like decent looking uh. to sick kid, uh, very fragile. So it's a completely 360 degree change okay. of my identity. Try to enlighten me in that part, yeah? because in my mind, I also do have numbers of medical student client. Okay, Diorang selalu bercerita pasal diri diorang sendiri. And you were by yourself, am I right? When you dapat tahu yang you had cancer, kan? Betul. So when you ubah personality tu daripada I'm so driven I have my own goal tiba-tiba dapat masalah kesihatan ni was there anyone there? oh actually master uh, my my surgeon called me they said can you bring someone okay. uh, tomorrow uh, I would like to discuss your result of the of the of the test okay. so we did the test uh, biopsy mm. And I knew if you want me, if you want me to bring someone, I already, I already assumed wow. it's not going to be a good news. Right. So I came alone. <laughs> so I came alone because the thing is, uh, I want some form of clarity because if there's someone next to me, I'm scared and I'm unable to process my feelings. Wow. And I need a little bit of clarity and I need time to process. Mm. Once I'm able to process uh, my emotions and digest all the information, mm. I can translate it back to uh, my loved ones. Okay. Memang I mengaku I memang sorang-sorang mm. sebab kita sentiasa nak hadapi benda yang susah sorang sebab kita tak faham. Mm. Selagi kita tak faham dan kita kita tak boleh nak bagi tahu. Okay. So kita kena take time untuk proses dan untuk digest apa situasi yang berlaku. Sebab kadang-kadang bila kita bagi tahu orang orang yang over over daripada kita. Betul. So jadi biar kita kita fahami maksud kita dan kita boleh communicate freely dengan doktor. Okay. Bila kita kita jelas dengan kita punya masalah dan kita nak support system, mm. daripada situ kita baru boleh asking for support. Mm. But it is a difficult thing to do, difficult thing to say because uh, our loved ones do not want us to uh, to fall sick, uh, to be miserable. Of course, of course. So uh, it is something very painful for them mm. because in my opinion, if I can take the pain myself, mm. I try not to share it with people because I know how hurtful it is to uh, experience this kind of pain. Right. The pain is actually coming from love. Mm. So if the people very close to me and the degree, the depth of the love mm. equates the degree of the pain. Mm. So I'm like, okay, 
I try not to inflict pain to anybody. So if I can handle it, I handle it myself. Okay, faham. So she's not an adi- any ordinary woman lah. Most women are going to first thing call semua kawan, call salah remara, kawan sekolah lama tu and bagi tahu apa berlaku. But for her, I faham. Really understand that. Okay, so selepas tu? Okay, selepas tu, saya pun buat chemotherapy, uh, radiotherapy, surgery. Okay, in in the in the direct, in the proper order. So kita terus buat surgery untuk remove the lesion. Mm. Kemudian uh, follow with very harsh protocol of chemotherapy, mm. where I lost all my all my uh, hairs. Uh, I gain weight from the from the infusion, and then radiotherapy, where I have all the burn effect from the from the treatment. So okay, so that's the part also in that level. Okay, you went through that phase. Yep. Studying again. Yes, I actually have to postpone uh, my study by one year. Okay. So you proceed. Uh, did anybody know about it apart from your family members? Actually, uh, because I told you can, uh, masa masa I dapat diagnosis tu adalah my birthday. Uh. So I balik Seremban because uh. my asrama is dekat Seremban. Uh. University asrama is dekat Seremban. Then people ramai-ramai buat surprise birthday party, and actually they become farewell party. <laughs> I just hi guys, so so thankful that you guys are here celebrating my birthday. But this is gonna be a farewell. So I packed my stuff on the same day and went back home uh, in Plan Valley uh, because everything is changed from from that day onwards. So they did not ask why. I I did I did tell. Did them. mention? Okay. Yeah, I did I did mention. I actually informed them first. Before I told my parents. Wow. Yes. Okay. I best more put some tap. As in like, what? Yeah, but you know when you actually drop the bomb, uh-huh. you drop the bomb, people still act normal because they don't believe process lagi. So uh-huh. lama-lama baru baru orang kafaham lah. Okay. Yeah, benda tu macam uh, it's happening. Mm. So because the perubahan physical tu sangat drastic, mm. dia actually agak menakutkan. Because today you see me like this, and tomorrow you see me like a sorry to say to use this word like a toyol, right? Like really freaking toyol, like vota and everything. It will scare you off, dude. Like really. Um. Okay. <laughs> okay. Then after that. And uh, it took me one year uh, to recover. So after six months of uh, very harsh treatment, mm. another six months for recovery. So there, 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 there was like good days, bad days. So during those uh, period of treatment, mm. uh, I have to endure so much pain and so much suffering. Uh, tapi daripada situlah, I dapat kekuatan. Okay, please describe to us that pain and suffering. Why I ask? Because you say daripada pain and suffering tu yang dapat kekuatan. So what is it and how you translate that into strength? Okay, actually, my my biggest flex is I'm able to endure a lot of things because uh, when I'm in pain mm. I was in pain uh, nobody really take it seriously because I was weak okay let's say you are you are in pain mm. and then you are well fed mm. you are strong you can scream mm-hmm. I'm in pain so you can scream and then people understand that you are in severe pain okay what if you were in my position mm. You were in severe pain. You will describe your pain 10 over 10. But you are too weak to say it. Okay. And nobody take it seriously. And it wasn't their fault. It's just the expression of pain is not uh, not match with the pain score of 10 of 10. Okay. So because it's such a frustrating phase for me, 
I have to endure pain and suffering while max my, at that time, my painkillers because the, the advanced painkillers can only be described by uh, pain specialists. Because of inability to express the pain, I have to start with uh, uh, I was under under medicated under dose, okay. uh, and what I have to endure is that I have to distract myself. So I use the psychology psychology theory of pain gate theory. Okay. So meaning I stop the pain through psychology. Okay. It is very hard to do. It's very hard to do. Uh, it's, it's a form of is a form of distraction where I have to uh, play some comedy. Mm-hmm. I play some comedy uh, that doesn't require a lot of brain power. Okay. So my favorite is like Little Britain, okay. Mr. Bean. So there's no brain power over there. So I focus on the on the screen mm-hmm. and uh, take away the pain. But sometimes the pain come back. Uh, I will look at the clock and I say, okay. Uh, Five second has gone by. You already passed the five second. Now let's go another five second, another five second. So you keep moving forward, and I I have this strong belief in myself that as long as you move forward, the pain is going to finish. So I have to force myself to believe that is going to you're going to there is the finish line. Plus. So that is my ability to endure, and I just keep looking at the clock. Uh, one second, one second, one second. So meaning, I'm one second forward, one second forward. Even though it's gonna take like gazillion seconds, so I'm gonna do it. You know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Over time. <laughs> because I'm, I'm not trouble digest. Um, okay, you're going through pain, and memang takde orang kat situ sekali yang nak hold my hands, saying uh, you're gonna be okay. Okay. The thing is. Okay, this is a little bit personal because it's gonna be it's gonna reveal uh, my family dynamic. Right. But I'm gonna just um, because I'm a semi-private person. Okay. But I'm willing to share uh, my you. experience. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything bad about my family. But what I'm going to say is that it is too painful to watch, mm. and uh, the house sometimes can be quite empty mm. because. Uh, Having me there is is such a negative, negative thing. Okay, like um, it, I give negative vibe uh, in the house, um, and uh, each time they look at me with my pain, with my suffering, it causes them a lot of pain. As I said, people who are, who who don't love you will will never experience this type of emotional pain. Okay. And also, it is an awkward moment for everybody. They do not know how to. Handle someone who is fighting cancer because it is such a uncomfortable thing to face. The easiest thing is avoidance. So avoidance is a coping mechanism. And is that the coping mechanism for everyone in the family? Oh, uh, I would say not just family. It's also friends because uh, for someone to step up yeah. and uh, and and be there for you. It's it's difficult because you are not the easiest person to be with. You are in pain. You are you you are not giving good vibes to people. Why would I go to you? You know, mm. it's like if if I want to feel good, I will go 
to someone who make me feel good. Why would I go to Aisha, the cancer kid? Because right. she's just full of negativity. She's always in pain. She she's, she never smiles. She's weak. Why would I go to her? And she make me scared by looking at her physically. Um, she looks scary. So why would I go to her? And in this way, it also uh, make people think of death. Mm. Because I was completely pale. I look very sick, very fragile. Uh, with this period, for sure, it's very tough and it's very lonely. But what I learned is that um, I learned to depend on myself. I learned not to give too much power to people because even though I'm at that state, I know that I can endure. I know that I'm powerful, but I also acknowledge that I'm weak and fragile. Right. So I look at it when I try to detach my emotion towards, uh, towards uh, the problem. I look at it as a problem and how do I solve the situation? Like for example, I'm constantly hungry, but I cannot eat a lot of things. But I do know I need energy because my body is fighting cancer and I'm on a very harsh medication. What should I do? Right. So I, ha I have phone, I have laptop, order some delivery service. Yeah, that's, that's how I deal with my problem. But at the same time, uh, I'm only one person, you know? Mm. Uh, I do have... Uh, my friend Renee, also a cancer survivor, that I can call uh, if I need some SOS. Um, most time, uh, I'm by myself in the room and I try to to do whatever it takes to move yeah, forward. Yeah. And uh, another thing, when I when you said about like uh, why nobody there to help and support me, is actually I would say everybody try to help, but people cannot be present in terms of emotionally and uh, so you accept it you accept it that memang takde orang ke your assumption ke because I, I'm 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 asking you this question yeah, based on how you describe the situation tau okay because uh, because once you have cancer mm. your relationship with others will be a problem and relationship with yourself will be a problem. As long as you have a problem with your relationship with yourself, it's not going to work the way you have a relationship with others. So this is something that I learned. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's a confusing time for me. I don't know myself. How do I, how do I show up uh, in relationships, mm -hmm. especially family mm -hmm. or partners or whatever, but uh, I'm single at the time anyway. Yeah. So what I learned is that, okay, I, I, I was given this card Okay, this is the card that I'm dealing with and nobody signed up for this shit. Sorry about my, my language. Yeah. Nobody signed up for this. My parents, when they have kids, they want healthy kids. They never sign up for sick kids. Okay, let's say if I if I'm if I have a partner, yeah. if I have partner, uh my uh my mindset is that uh yes, uh this is like how I show up healthy, well, happy. But let's say if I'm, I'm sick or whatever, like people want to live, it's okay because nobody signed up for this and it's not easy and it's not their fault because people, they don't have uh, the ability, they don't have the tools, they are not equipped to handle this scenario. Uh -huh. And for me, yeah. I, w I was given this card with you or without you, I have to deal with it. So rather than give the power to other people, I take back my power 
and let's go. Let's go, Shah. So I always be my biggest cheerleader because I know if I have me and I become my best friend, my, my cheerleader, I am my own coach that I can deal with anything. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Teruskan. Okay. Nak cerita apa lagi? Teruskan. Okay, kemudian? I bukan nak buat you tangis tau. It's just that tak, tak, tak. I memang nak faham because in my view, dia bunyi macam, okay, we human have empathy. Okay? We can recognize the empathy based on like, kesiannya. Semua manusia ada perasaan tu. How a person go through, whether they orang come from, um, you know, background yang macam mana pun, mm-hmm. must be, must be something that had happened to them that they choose not to know I don't need your help. Must be something. I don't expect you to share anything, but I was just trying to digest that. Kenapa you, like you keep saying, like, I got this card, okay? You like it or not, I must say ada. Kalau you tak nak support I in this journey, fine, I can do it myself. Uh, so tu bunyi macam you memang tak ada harapan ke orang langsung. Bukan, bukan tak ada harapan. I actually, I actually invite people to join me. But if you do not equip yourself with the proper tools, um, it's okay. I will not judge you. Okay. It's fine. You are not a bad person if you okay. don't support me. Faham. But if you support me, it means the world to me. Faham. I have only few friends in my circle. I spend most of my most of the time by myself. But people who come into my life, they tend to be good people, which is I'm very, very grateful. Uh, and like uh, my coach has been there for me since day day one of my recovery. Uh, he made me who I am today. Nice. Um, at the same time, our our relationship has always been professional. Nothing beyond coach and uh, not even friends. We are not even friends. If we if there's no sports competition, we don't talk. So this is something really really nice. You know, you can support me uh, to the to the level of your capability. Mm. So it means the world to me, you know, to have someone like this. Okay, so to our first question. Second question, with regards to your health condition, uh, please share your journey going through it. You're fighting through it most of the time by yourself. The transition of, okay, I'm fighting through it after almost a year. Then, macam mana you tiba-tiba masuk balik and sambung belajar and continue your life. Okay. I yep. use that pain you mentioned tadi, that pain into mm-hmm. energy. Okay. So, masa I dapat first cancer tu, mm. kan I withhold my life for one year. Mm. And then, I I have a different perspective. Tapi, bila I masuk balik university, mm. batch semua tukar. So it's like start fresh. Masa tu rambut belum tumbuh lagi. Uh. So I terpaksa pakai wig. So sabar je lah kan. Banyak cakap macam rambut dah nak, macam rambut palsu tau. So I have to uh, macam uh, it's also the first step to be comfortable with being misunderstood. So I have lymphedema and then uh, people mock me, hey you have a sausage fingers. Right. So my fingers are all swollen. It looks like sausage. Okay. So it's like, hey, your fingers, they look like sausage. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, I, I don't tell people what I, I battle with because it's going to open mm. a whole uncomfortable uh, vibe, you know? So jadi, I rasa macam itu pun satu, satu blessing juga. Sebab I sekarang ni dah collect a lot of skills. 
I dapat skills yang I'm okay being misunderstood. I'm okay being abandoned. Not that I'm okay. I'm not okay. But then I train myself to 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 accept and to deal with it. You know. So along the along the line of having this crazy experience where nobody will understand me, yeah. I am for sure of all the people here. If I tell my story, if I tell what I went through, nobody will understand. Because my therapist said you have to be careful who you want to share your story because of, of course your therapy will know your whole story. And he said to me that your love story is too intense and even if you try to share it with people, they will not get it. And it's uh, it, you're just going to open more misunderstanding and more judgment. So that's why in this podcast, yeah, thank you for watching, I'm able to share a little bit of my intense story and I hope you don't you don't take it the wrong way. Just like Bagito, my viewer is exactly like me. We are curious. Uh, we don't okay. judge based on what people gone through. Instead, we learn from people's experience. Yes. And of course, all this weird, weird experience that I face mm. make me who I am today. And it's actually like a university, you know? Mm. I would call it a university of resilience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> to know. Okay. So, sambung belajar. Kemudiannya? Okay. Lepas saya sambung belajar, I habiskan I punya... I punya university. Kemudian, I belajar something. Masa I buat housemanship, mm. I remember this stressful life event, mm. which is I was posted in emergency department. Okay. So, tidur tak betul. Lepas tu, I was stationed uh, dekat Borneo. Mm. So, jadi, orang uh, tembak, tikam. Kadang-kadang tu, dia dah jadi macam like, dia dah jadi macam like, uh, baru nak tidur, lepas tu uh, bell rang. Like yeah. bell rang and then we have to rush. And then, uh, apa? <laughs> pisau dekat uh, dekat yeah. perut. Yeah. <laughs> kita orang dah macam terlampau immune. Okay, this is so sorry ya yeah, to yeah. share this. And we were like, oh my gosh, we, we are so tired, we are so stressed. Yeah. Kita orang try to make make it less intense. Dia cakap, kau kat sini sebab kau kalah kan? Because they're from Gando tau. <laughs> Aku nak tanya kau, kau kat sini kau kalah pasal? This, I tak cakap ni, my friend lah, my colleague. So, kita orang terlampau penat, terlampau stress dan kita orang terpaksa play around with humor to make it less intense. Daripada situ, I belajar yang sleep is very important. Because masa tu, I dapat cancer yang kedua. Cancer yang kedua ni, dia bukan recurrent. Dia new cancer. Completely new. Completely new cancer, new type new character so it's a fresh cancer also breath mm. and on the right side okay. and then as i reflect back i saw pattern mm. bila cancer datang dia selalu datang masa i tak cukup tidur mm. masih kadang rhythm haywire mm. and also masa i don't eat well mm. and high stress Correct. so when the do i check up I dapat second cancer. Kalau I dapat third cancer, meaning you, I tak belajar dari mistake. <laughs> And also at that same time, dah keluar regulation dekat Canada. Mm. Kalau pramugari dapat breast cancer, diorang dapat compensation. Because memang ada correlation between uh, circadian rhythm disruption with cancer. So, I masa tu kan, I rajin sangat go through academic paper mm. untuk cari answer. Kan, I kan curious kan. I cari answer, cari answer. Lepas tu, 
I dapat tahu I triple negative. Right. So my kind of cancer is pretty aggressive. Mm. Kalau I wait very long, I can die very fast because dia cepat dia cepat merebak. So I pun tertanya-tanya, okay, untuk triple negative breast cancer, what is the what is the prediction, you know? Because academician they like to predict right, right. the the longevity of of the patient. Mm. And at that time, I remember to go through all this academic paper, not much paper on triple negative because they tend to be very young mm. in their 30s. But I got it at my 20s. So it was uh, it was sad to say that they usually die very fast. So I'm like, I stopped. No more paper. <laughs> so now that I'm, I'm better, so I, I start digging back. And thank you for people contribute to cancer research so there's more and more um, good news for us and more treatment okay for us. so just like you mentioned regarding what circadian rhythm tidur semua tu kan just a layman term circadian rhythm tu body clock uh, body clock sebab doktor punya word memang susah orang faham is this body clock di mana walaupun you guys rasa cukup tidur 8 jam tapi tidur tu tak betul pukul berapa semua dia akan mengganggu hormon dalam badan so it can it can alter our Hormon dalam badan. Orang jatuh sakit pun boleh dapat disebabkan tak cukup tidur dan high amount of stress. Okay, however, uh, this uh, would be question to you lah. Because you mentioned, you realize it's a pattern. You realize pattern. Can I ask you, any of your relative ada tak cancer? Okay, masa tu, I seorang je ada cancer. Lepas I diagnose cancer, ada satu lagi auntie I dapat cancer juga. Okay. Tapi sayang to say, she already passed away. Because uh, she was in denial. Hmm. Faham? Because tak nak accept, so tak nak buat apa-apa langsung lah. Tak nak buat apa-apa and then it was too late. Faham? She kept it a secret. Faham? Didn't you do that also? You kept it for a secret? I don't know. I The moment I found the breast lah, I took action. Okay. Faham. So what I meant, keep it a secret, tak bagi tu. did not seek treatment. Okay. Faham? Mm-hmm. Okay, so kita teruskan um, from the second breast cancer. Then you were up. Okay, untuk yang second breast cancer, I got it. I got it sadly after five years. So basically, after five years, you we call it a remission, meaning there will be unlikelihood that you will get another cancer mm-hmm. recurrence. recurrence. So now, I was just about to celebrate my remission year, and then I got the second cancer. Mm-hmm. And this second cancer uh, was very very tough because. Mind, my mindset at that time, I'm already ready to move on. And now, I relieve my trauma. So, I already have a trauma. And now, I have to revisit the trauma. And this second episode is much, much more intense. Because everybody already ready to move on. Mm. Okay, let's say your friend battling cancer, right? Everybody already ready. It's five years. And now, she got it back. I'm like, oh no. Aren't we all supposed to move on from this? Right. And then... The second cancer was the loneliest face ever. Mm-hmm. It was the loneliest face because nobody wants to revisit the same story, you know. But I had to do it like, okay, fine. And I got to do it and I, I did it, you know. Emotionally wise, this, this second episode is the hardest mm-hmm. because the chemotherapy, in my opinion, is harsher because... I have done, I have used the protocol that is super harsh 
all this chemotherapy is not without side effect, you know. It's side effect can can also can also uh, show up in the future. Mm. So one of the side effect is uh, uh, pregnancy. No, gentle. Uh, that is the most important uh, cardiomyopathy. Okay. Uh, so the oncologist already created a different formula, mm. and this formula uh, they have like texotier. There's one. One in the formula, it causes muscle pain. Okay. Oh, this is the second episode that I, I, I struggle so much with pain because it caused like a spasm in all the muscle. Okay. And this kind of pain never stopped. Wow. Never stopped. Is like, it only during the treatment time, Kuhn? Let's say if as long as I'm on the, on the, on the infusion, right? Mm. So in, during chemo, sometimes you, you get once every two weeks. Okay. So when you are the first, the first dose usually we call it good chemo days, mm. and then once it hits the system, it will become like bad chemo days. And when bad chemo days, you are game over, cannot move, and you just cry to sleep because you are in pain. <laughs> and I remember, dear, macam ada twitch, twitch dekat muscle. Mm. I remember, yang muscle dekat thumb ni pun boleh twitch yang. Uh, is a painful, painful spasm. Huh? So I'm like, uh, I went to doctor's appointment mm. and I told them that I was in pain mm. and the outcome of the consultation is continue the same. Like whatever that I'm taking, continue the same. We'll see you in next visit. <laughs> So uh, there goes my my hope, you know, mm. because uh, what I want to share here, if you are a physician, you are a doctor, even though the patient express themselves in a certain way where it doesn't match the degree of pain, mm. please listen and try to dig deeper, especially when people, when you look into their story, right. they are like cancer survivor, they are having chemo. You have to dig deeper and you have to to make sure that you don't miss anything because this will I kept this story for the longest time, you know? Because if this person just took five minutes of his time mm. to entertain my complaint and to, to entertain my problem, I wouldn't wouldn't have suffered so much. Right. Yeah. Because at that time I remember it was four o'clock and this doctor is rushing to go back before traffic jam. Wow, okay. So the attentiveness lah. So at least dengar lah cerita sikit kan. Tahu lah sekesengsaraan yeah. saya. Yes. So that's why sometimes a lot of things in life, uh, it also depends on luck. Who you met, uh, uh, the timing, uh, the situation, the person at the, the right time, the right place. So I believe in that, you know. Okay. So on the second cancer, ni, you cannot work without the two jaw, the last one. Uh, I cannot. No, first two, no first two, and then uh, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Okay. Twenty-six, twenty-seven. And then, okay. Selepas tu, I have suffered with many, many health issues, which require me to go in and out of operation theater. Mm. Yes, that was not very comfortable. And I also uh, being warded. Uh, this is also during uh, competitive years, okay. 
Okay. Yes. Uh, there were time. I think two weeks or a few weeks out. Uh, I was in an operation theater, and then three weeks later, I won fifth place in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and what, I will. What was the reason? Uh, it's a private thing, okay. so it's a complication of my treatment okay. and a lot of issues with uh, with my body, and sometimes I have to go back and get get some some infusion, some treatment done. So a lot of a lot of people think that once you have cancer and then get treatment for cancer, it's done. But actually, the problem with the health is not just from the disease itself. It's also from the treatment. Right. So the treatment that I did, okay, I, I did surgery, I did chemo, I did radiation. So this treatment, there's also complication that can arise later on in the future. And one of those, uh, also the complication young, it's invisible illness, which is a mental health. We will go there later. Right. Can I tell you So there are 10% chances of a person to get recurrent cancer within 10 years. Previous episode, dengan uh, another doctor of mine, yang dia kena cancer, I bring up that. So, boleh nampak lah, dia pun macam very true. So, you, even though not the same cancer, but it's another cancer juga, within less than 10 years. Because, yes. because based on the studies, memang bagi tahu benda tu tau. So you are in the group of the 10% yang kena balik. I tak kena balik. I told you it's a new cancer. New cancer, yeah. So I'm I'm the anomaly. No, okay. Uh, actually my there I remember my story, my case was brought in one of the world world conference. Oh. My surgeon presented my case in in one of the medical conference, uh world world breast cancer conference. Uh at that time it was to find some answers how to treat me. Mm. Yeah. That is why very hard for me to tell my story to my colleague, uh, to my boss, who's also a doctor, because even in the medical department, I myself an anomaly. I myself don't know how to tell them because my case is super unique. It's not something that you encounter typically uh, in textbook. So... I guess I just want to be weird, you know. <laughs> I think um, in in terms of life path, you are those person yang memang know how to handle this kind of situation. No, I do not know how to handle. No, the thing is, I was forced to handle because I have to channel my survival instinct. Right. What if I'm again too? know what I meant by you boleh handle is each time you go through. Even though it's not easy, which I cannot understand. Okay, I tak pernah lalui, so I tak cakap. Tapi, you know what I need to do. So, you still survive until today. I'm very certain orang kat luar sana putus cinta je nak terjun bangunan. Which... Eh, sama lah. Tak adalah. Kita rasa terjun, kita rasa nak enjoy bangunan, tapi kita tak terjun bangunan. Kan? So, what I want to point out kat sini is, whatever that you've gone through, you need, you know what need to be done secara terpaksa. May I add something? Yeah, but uh, there is like something yang macam orang tengok kan. Mm. Oh, this person is strong because based on the pain story, mm. macam this person is strong. But actually, right? We may be we may be appear strong. Uh, but the burden that we carry, they are still very hard. You know, they're still very hard, and we still need help. But when there is no help, uh, we. We are. We have to make ourselves stronger, and there are times we are not that strong, 
and and this is the mistake because oh, I always is a mistake uh, from the people who okay. perceive someone as a strong people, strong individual. Because I always portray myself as someone who can manage things, who can uh, carry big burdens on my shoulder. Mm. Sometimes there is statement from my family. They check up. Oh, okay, she can handle it. Oh, she can. Uh, uh, she knows what to do. Exactly what you said. So sorry, this is the triggering words for me. <laughs> like, oh, she knows what to do because I always portray myself like someone who can handle things. I actually can't. But I force myself to make sure that I can. It's, it's very hard. And if someone... I wish there will be someone who can help me, you know? Mm. Help me with my problem. But uh, as I said, because uh, the cycle of frustration, the cycle of like the past history of abandonment, it's still painful, it still hurts, but I do my best to deal with it. Uh, but I don't know, and I can't promise, how long I can endure the same thing over and over again because I'm just a person. And as strong as you are, there will be a point where it's too much and you can break down. So I hope I can still stay resilient and whatever come my way, I have the ability and the strength to endure. But there's also at the back of my head that it could be one day I can no longer do it, you know? Okay, since you bring up that part, how do you keep yourself positive? Oh, okay. Just to let you know, one of my skills it is to ask questions so people can share. Oh, it's okay. It's fine. Which I, I wish I like. Which I like is because there are things yang maybe you touch listen to share to certain people. Like for me, apart from we have this can I memang suka mudena. Ah, that's good. It's a good, very good skill. I also suka. It's a it's a coaching skill. Okay. Yeah, good coach always have a good listening power. Okay, sure. Uh, How do you keep yourself positive? I'm actually, most time I'm positive because it's my character trait. I suka fantasy. Okay. <laughs> like, I suka feeling feeling tau. So at time masuk bodybuilder ni, nak feeling feeling kan. Macam, um, something on shoulder. So sekarang I buat macam stun. Uh. Oh my gosh, I selalu ketawa-ketawa. So hari tu I feeling feeling ninja. Feeling feeling, uh, Kak Long, feeling feeling mafia. So I jenis yang sentiasa uh, bersikap positif bila... I in my playful mode. Okay. So I naturally love to play. Hmm. Even orang cakap, macam mana you boleh pergi gym berjam-jam? Because I, I look at it as a, it's a playground, you know, like okay. it's a it's a form of play. So that's how I keep myself positive. So bila I coach one-on-one, uh, -on -one, I selalu macam have this like playful relationship with my clients. So macam hari ni, I have a, Little, uh, I have a very young girl who I train her in terms of strength and also I train her for aesthetic fitness. We always uh, make it a game. So that's how I stay positive. And I also always love to look at the bright side. I try to stay in my own bubble mm. and create a positive vibe within my my world. I I create my own world and okay. I try not to not to 
let uh, negativity comes inside my bubble. Okay, so I'm going to bring up this part yang you tak beritahu. So, you see, I, I view playfulness as escapism. Okay, I see that view. People don't see. You beritahu that something playful. Okay, I found it. But at the same time juga, you, we had a discussion just now, you had a PTSD. Oh, yes. Okay, how do, you know, like how do you make that as positive since it's a traumatic event di mana you nampak the trauma event masa dalam klinik tu. Okay, tadi I ada cerita pasal macam mana I navigate my life. I sebenarnya dekat life 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 story I kan I banyak uh, shape, shape, shape shifting. Mm. I banyak tukar direction because when the old, old ways doesn't work, mm. I take on a new direction. Sama macam dulu I kerja dekat government, lepas tu uh, I resign dan I buat my business, lepas tu I masuk private. Dan lepas tu I try many many type, many many type of things. So I try as many many um, many things that uh, take my interest. Okay. Saya rasa benda ni interesting lah, I nak try. Dan lepas tu I re- realise like I can see pattern and ecosystem. Okay. Okay, yang PTSD tu, uh, the reason why I... I terpaksa deal with the PTSD tu bila there's a constant grief. Okay. Grief is actually my trigger my trigger moment. Hmm. Kalau I see someone suffering, I see someone uh, close to me pass away, it's very, very triggering. And people abandon me, uh, it's it's very triggering. Uh, untuk I punya turning point daripada segi career-wise, masa kita dekat klinik perubatan sukan, I dah choose exactly that specialty because dia tak deal with people with cancer, people with suffering. So, it's just sukan, you know? Right. Tapi tak tahu apa cerita dia. The young girl yang datang tu, very, very sweet girl, dia datang dengan chronic back pain. Mm. Dia macam I. Dia jenis yang, dia cakap dia ada back pain. Benda ni tak resolve. Dia cakap, it's more than six months. Hmm. And then, dia punya back pain tu, dia tak cakap macam sakit gila. So, jadi dia tak trigger alarming system. Okay. But somehow, I as a cancer survivor, I think maybe I should dig deeper. Mm. You know, because I'm I myself a patient. Mm. So, I somewhat can, can sense unspoken word. Mm. And when I investigate further, I actually went up to the imaging department. And we went through her film and went down until her and until her hip area, and there goes her body. It's a full-blown cancer. Oh, and I have to break the bad news. Oh, yes, and with the brother, and their life has changed from that moment onwards. And to this day, I do not know if the girl survived or not, but I was game over in terms of my mental state. Yeah. Game over. So that was uh, full blown PTSD there and there, and I had to to re- re- redirect my life. I, in fact, I have to, uh, I have to leave the country. I have to leave the country. I have to leave my house because now when I went to my room, I have nightmares and. Even though at that time, I was uh, I was in let's say in that year, 
but my soul went back to the year where I had my cancer. Yeah, okay. Like Faham. it's so real, it's so vivid. Faham. And I I went to France and then I stuck there during the pandemic. Mm. During those time, it's also a blessing in disguise because I seek treatment. Mm. I seek treatment uh, for my PTSD and I also uh, reset my lifestyle because uh, in France, their lifestyle, they know how to live a balanced life. Yep. So oh. they really, really uh, teach me about the culture of um, the culture of enjoying the simple thing in life. And it's, it's a very nice time, even though it's stressful during uh, during the pandemic. Mm. Uh, but uh, everything happened for a reason, I guess. And when you're there, macam mana you balik ke Malaysia? I mean, I know COVID habis more. As in like, what made you, you know what? I'm okay now. I'm going to go back to Malaysia. No, I balik Malaysia because the border is open. The border was open. Okay. At that time, the border was closed. So I, I actually stayed there uh. and I was supposed to stay for for a certain period. Uh-huh. But then it got extended because so. the border was closed. Once the border opened, okay. I went back uh, to Malaysia and I resigned yeah. and I start uh, my medical fitness. Okay. So I start medical fitness as a as a as a concept. You know, like I said, I I reflect on my on on my idea and I say let's start medical fitness. So integrate medical and fitness because there is a gap, you know, there is a gap in terms of medical and fitness. So medical people do not understand fitness and fitness people do not understand medical. It's like if you guys, if we integrate these two, yeah. you can become like me. You can become resilient like me because I use both. Right. I have the medical knowledge and I have the fitness knowledge. Right. And this is what makes who I am today. And mm. I want people to understand that by understanding your medical issue, and then you elevate yourself in terms of fitness, mm. you will get far in life. Agree. Let's say you want you you want to improve your metabolic health, but then you do not know that there are certain things that can be treated with fitness mm. strategy. Yeah. Then fitness is not just exercise. It's beyond that. It's it's it's, it's like a pill. Mm. You know, it's like a you have a certain problem, and this specific type of exercise can help your specific type of problem. People do not see that because it's a it's a it's a specialty in itself. I, I consider exercise as a tool. Sebagai alat. Uh, why I say that, contohnya lah, out of topic sikit from her cerita, is let's say we have a morbidly obese, someone, someone morbidly obese, ada masalah, uh, sleep disease and also osteoarthritis. The only thing this person can do is go in the swimming pool as aqua fitness. If you ask me lah, my view again is safer for that person. So when someone asks me, uh, coach, macam mana ya? I gemo, I nak bersenam ni. What kind of exercise is the best? So with sufficient knowledge, uh, you can find what tool suits you best. Correct. So I see it in that way lah. So since you bring up that, boleh tak ibagi tahu? When you say you combine the medical and fitness, can where do you see rakyat Malaysia? Or when do you see Rakyat Malaysia akan appreciate fitness sebagai benda yang wajib tahu? Instead of nak kurus dia? Itulah. Sebab sebenarnya benda ni adalah satu mindset dan juga dia adalah sejenis kempen. Hmm. Apa apa yang ada dekat luar sana adalah kempen. So sekarang, orang nak jual produk, dia punya kempen kurus. Yeah. Jom kurus. Right. Mari kurus. Produk ni boleh buat you kurus. Hmm. Slim. So, kurus tu adalah diorang punya finish line. Right. Diorang punya kempen. 
So kita sebagai fitness professional, medical professional, kita kick orang punya campaign, kita buat campaign kita yang baru. <laughs> Tapi jangan pula buat campaign jom sihat. Right, right. Because sihat tu is not an outcome. Right. Dia tak spesifik, dia terlampau general. So kalau kita nak cakap pasal um, campaign, kita kena buat something yang lebih spesifik. Mm. Uh, so macam kalau you lutut sakit, untuk you tak sakit. Uh, right. Contoh macam tu lah. This is one of my ideas. So bila I fikir pasal medical fitness, mm. I fikir kita semua ni ada tiga komponen. Mm. Satu kita ada clinical fitness. Right. Lepas tu kita ada general fitness. Lepas tu kita ada athlete fitness. Right. Dan kebanyakan orang, dia akan ada tiga-tiga ni. So let's say kan, macam dia athlete tapi lutut dia sakit. Mm. Part lutut dia clinical. Right. So, okay, lepas tu dia athlete. Jadi dia dah... Dia dah naik berat badan. Body composition dia dah out. Yeah. So, bila kita tengok dia punya muscle to fat, mm. dia punya body composition fitness dia bawah general. Right. Tapi bila suruh dia, uh, bila suruh dia buat isokinetic test, contoh tengok dia punya muscular strength, right. athlete fitness. Right, right. Ah, uh, Sebab tu, bila I fikir medical fitness ni, I actually sit down and have a very strong reflection. I reflect on this and I think nobody... Nobody think the way I think, you know, because my personal experience and I live what I preach. Right. That I can come with this, come up with this idea. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So that's now I work with Doc Kuiti to bring out this idea, and hopefully I can be able to reach out to uh, healthcare professionals, especially doctors, and make them understand some basic of general fitness, some basic of fitness strategy that they can apply to their patients. Yeah. Because kalau orang datang klinik, lepas tu jumpa ada kecil manis, darah tinggi, this one, diorang akan bagi tau result, tapi diorang tak ada cukup tool untuk mm. bantu pesakit. Yes. Ah, Lepas tu, kalau pula jumpa gym instructor, coach, diorang all out. Ah, Diorang ada tool, uh. tapi diorang tak ada medical story yes. untuk truly, truly identify the root cause and yeah. understand the problem. Yeah. So, dekat situ dah ada, dah ada gap. Betul. And, nak tambah sikit lah. Based on my own experience, dekat Aussie, uh, coaches, physiotherapists, physician, pekerjasama. We have this client ada masalah, kita pass kat siapa yang tahu. Betul. Kat Malaysia, you tak tahu, you belah tak tahu je. Uh, let's say you ada client yang gemuk, sakit lutut, high blood pressure, tak apa. Gym je, angkat je. Again, I'm not trying to mengutuk. Uh, I just nak pergi tahu. Based on my view. That's why bila I balik Malaysia, I macam, okay, now I understand kenapa susah sangat rakyat Malaysia nak terima. Terima is because we have a mindset kalau you sakit, jumpa coach ni, coach ni akan suruh buat macam tu je. Instead, we tak nak open up and accept that, okay, there are people out there only know certain things. Even for me, when I have client yang I tak boleh bantu, I terus pass je ke orang yang lebih mahir. Okay, now back to your story, Walter. Back to your story. Okay, what advice? Sulung so, what advice kan? Kita cerita lagi, you punya journey. Okay, you dah cerita journey semua tu. Then, sekarang Alhamdulillah, sihat. Kan? Alhamdulillah, sihat. So, I dengar cerita that you'll be competing for universe. Yes, universe championship. Okay, please berkongsi dengan halayak dan penonton. 40, 40 days to go. Hmm. Last year, I was I was selected to represent the country for Napa Universe Championship. Yay. This is the oldest and the original 
Physic and Bodybuilding Federation hmm. Association. Anda kompi dalam sini dulu tak sebelum IFBB? Anda sosial negara. IFBB sebelum everything. Yeah. There was Naba. Yes. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger, even yeah. all the legendary, the Hercules guys, yeah. Steve Green, yeah. they are all compete under NABA. So for me to get selected mm. by NABA Malaysia and competed as a Malaysian athlete, mm. it was super, super special and crazily enough, in just eight weeks of preparation, I was placed third oh. after UK and France. Nice. So because of that, I am able to compete again this year mm. because I was a uh, podium finish. Yeah. And let's see what is the finish line. So I hope I be able to reach podium. But I understand that this year, the competition might be tougher right. because now the pandemic over, kan? Mm. My coach ada bagi bagi walawak lah, dia cakap. Okay, tak apa. You compete je because semua orang pun tengah barai because pandemic, tak diet. Tak cukup training, gym tutup. So, sekarang semua dah buka. So, we actually anticipate tougher fight. But then it's okay. We go and fight. So, we give our best. Now, doctor, what advice would you give on how to best support a loved one going through the breast cancer? Let's say you are the seorang yang Melawan cancer. It's a very confusing time in their life. They need all the support in the world. But at the same time, they orang akan portray themselves macam they orang need space, which is normal. Well, you can give your loved one space, but at the same time, be present. So let's say, okay, I want space, but just knowing that you are there, within the vicinity, you know, I can see you. You are still there. I want you. Not to be too close, you're far, but I know that you're there somewhat. If I if want if I want you uh, to be close, uh, and I know I have someone that I can go to. Right. So another thing, banyak orang tak faham tau. Bila you ada cancer, benda tu sesuatu yang sangat membebankan. Benda simple nak mandi, nak makan, nak tidur, benda basic sangat. Sangat susah mm. because it's like a battle. Macam saya tadi kan, I nak tidur pun susah, mm. I'm in pain. Mm. Okay, nak mandi susah, bandage all over my body. Mm. Uh, nak makan susah sebab semua jadi kelat because kita punya sel dekat mulut semua dah lari. So, apa-apa kita makan, kita tak rasa taste, lepas tu dia jadi macam rasa lumpur. So, this is a really, really weird phase of our life. Untuk orang yang nak support dia punya loved one, benda yang paling senang is try to help them with their excess stress. So, okay. contohnya kan, orang yang ada cancer ni, dia selalunya adult. Okay. So, bila you adult, banyak benda-benda adulting you kena buat. Mm. Contohnya, bill, mm. pick up laundry, mm. hantar, hant, uh, kalau you, dia, dah, dia dah ada anak ke, hantar anak sekolah, ambil sekolah. So, wow. benda-benda adulting tu, dia dah tak boleh buat. Macam macam bil setiap ni kena bayar. Tak boleh. Dia jadi macam dia kena fokus untuk survive je masa tu. Yeah. So, uh, so so macam biasanya kalau RSA untuk proper way untuk support, mesti ada conference. So, family conference and then okay, this person take over this burden, take over this burden, take over this burden. Okay, 
as simple as going to clinic appointment. Hmm. Sometimes kita boleh miss appointment. Appointment dah lah susah nak dapat. Lepas tu kita miss sebab kita tak ada brain capacity untuk uh, untuk digest uh, all the memory kan. Memory pun dah kurang. And then nak uh, travel. Lepas tu uh, siapa nak bawa wheelchair kan. Seorang. Benda-benda tu sangat-sangat penting. Okay. Okay. I'm yeah. trying to digest. I, yeah. Macam... Like, imagine tak? Um, so, kongsi sikit. Apa yang you... What was your biggest self-discovery or revelation after you were diagnosed? Bila dapat tahu? Yang ni benda yang um, I rasa ramai orang boleh get something out of this. Because I'm actually quite blessed uh, to have a life-threatening illness. It makes me questions about my life, my purpose and I have completely different contexts and perspective in terms of life as a general. Jadi, bila I buat life choices kan, mm. I realise that this is our life. Ramai orang, diorang ikut cakap uh, sekeliling dan diorang tak ikut what is in their heart. Mm. For me, I rather live in my authenticity I'm open to being misunderstood. I'm open to being hated, to being disliked. But I know this is the only life that I want to live in my own terms. Because I know that we're all going to die. We, we're not going to be here forever. We need to live our life in our own terms. Because some people who want to influence us could be projecting. Mm. Projecting based on their life experience. So live authentically, stay true to yourself, true to your heart. Live life how you want, how you want it. Because if you make the wrong decision, you know that the call is, uh, the uh, the decision was from you. Right. You learn from your mistake. You learn from your success. You learn from your failure, and it's all you and your life. Take uh, take accountability of your choices. Right. And secondly. Because I realized that life is so short. Even sometime to this day, because of the life challenges that I have and the fact that I have to battle triple negative breast cancer, mm. I always feel like there's a sense of urgency and I'm running out of time. There were one time when I had my COVID myocarditis, which is recently in 2000, uh, 2000 and 22 August um, I I not 2023 right mm. no it was 2021 okay August so I had COVID and it went to my heart so uh, I remember that if I were to die at that time I had so many unfinished business and if I die at that time nobody will remember me mm. Even when I had my cancer, I always have this idea of like how to be remembered okay. because I was a timid girl, I was very shy and I realized that this is not how to be remembered. To be remembered, I need to be a person of influence. So I need to influence my my patients, my students. So that is why I do what I want to do because I want, I want to live forever 
to other people. Okay, let's see if you are no longer here. But uh, the things that you, you teach people, your, the knowledge and the experience that you teach others, uh, I can live through that. Wow. And it's a form of legacy for me. And the things that I do is not for popularity, it's not for vanity, but it's just like a, my solution to this specific problem. How how can I not die? Like okay. physically I die, so how, but how do I live forever? Yes, so there are two answers to this. Live life in your own terms, stay authentic even though you open yourself to criticism. And secondly, is to to make people feel good in your presence and to, uh, to share some part of you to others. It could be uh, it could be a, a moment, an ex experience. And I always always value human connection because I I want I want that when I interact with others the connection is genuine and pure. Mm. So that is why I'm fine not to have a lot of friends. But when we are friends, I know that it comes from from a, from a good uh, source. Yeah, connection is everything. Wow. Last but not least, I also want to experience certain things in life. People make bucket lists. Okay. I don't make bucket lists. Okay. I make a, a list of human experiences that I want to have. Interesting. Yes. And this is super personal, but I'm going to share it with you. Sure. There were one time where I, I was like, um, uh, like is this, is this the time where I will die? Like, I don't want to die without having this specific experience. So this experience is that how is it to experience to love someone so deeply and the person love you back? Because I always hear this in movies, okay. in, in, in books, right? What is this? I want to know about this. Of loving someone and the, someone love you back. Yes. Okay, so you're asking me... No, like uh, this is the human, the specific human experience that I want to have. Okay. Yes. Then? Yeah, so I actually, like I said, if i able to experience this, I'm good for life. Right. <laughs> yes. So you uh, No, actually, I had that experience. So now I'm sad. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Um, okay, to summarize, um, I would like to say thank you very much to Dr. Aisha. Sebab berkongsi banyak sangat cerita. Di mana I know most of you guys kat luar sana mungkin ada kenalan yang mempunyai masalah cancer and you don't know how to help them which I pun tak tahu macam nak memberi nasihat Dr. Aisha dah beritahu dah just be present be there maybe they don't want you at that moment but still kalau you ada kat situ pun dah cukup yeah. so again Dr. Aisha thank you very much for your time thank you Cam and I wish you all the best for your competition coming thank soon thank you and insyaAllah kita akan jumpa lagi Yes, hopefully so. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. So you guys, take care. Peace out.